0: Good morning and welcome back to another episode and today I'm joined by Karen Nicol who's we've got a lot to talk about uh we'll, we'll get into it but first off question that I always ask everybody can you give us a little bit of your running history where did you how did you start getting into running?
1: Yeah, sure. So firstly, thanks for having me along to talk to you, Mike. Um, It's great to catch up. I started running when my youngest son was about two years old. So Alex is now 15. So probably like many young mums, I started running to lose the baby weight and just get a bit of time out um, away from the madness that can be being a young mum. Um, so yeah, that was my sort of first motivation to run and I very quickly fell in love with it. And then it became much less about just the running of one foot in front of the other but it became a really integral part of my life and it became my social life i met new friends through running i just loved nothing more than putting my trainers on and getting out there so yeah it went from going out the door and maybe not being able to run more than a minute or two to now embracing some of the the longer ultras that i love to do so yeah that's where it started
0: and uh, I'm, I'm seeing my picture on the screen, and am seeing my dodgy moustache, that's for uh, Movember. Do you find that long distance running, why do you do that? Is it for mental health reasons? Is it fitness reasons? Why why long distance and not for, uh, like 5Ks type thing?
1: Yeah, so I started with the shorter distance um, and then I joined our local running club, um, Helensburgh Athletics. And I enjoyed running there for a long time, doing sort of 10 k's, half marathons. And one day I was sitting in the clubhouse and I picked up a magazine and there was an article in it about a race called the Devil of the Highlands. And I just remember reading that article and thinking, wow, that's amazing that people can run that kind of distance. Um, And then when I found out a bit more about it, I realised that the West Highland way was sort of 10 to 15 minutes drive from where I lived. So even though I had run for a few years, I hadn't really heard about the West Highland Way or any trail running. I always just ran on round the streets. Um, But the Drummond sort of checkpoint at the West Highland Way is about a 10 minute drive from my house. So yeah after reading that article I dropped the boys at school one day and I pulled up my big girl pants and decided to hit the trail on my own and I drove up to the West Highland Way and I just instantly fell in love with it. I fell in love with the trail, I fell in love with the route and I entered the Devil of the Highlands Ultra um, and it went really well and then I think I just realized that maybe I had found my kind of running you know I was never a super fast like 10k runner I was okay I mean I had a decent sort of 10k half marathon marathon time but when I got out onto the trail I realised that that's where I wanted to be and yeah it just sort of led from there so I did the Devil of the Highlands I then went on and did the West Highland Way race Um, and then you start to find out about all the other crazy ultras that exist and I got into sort of looped races I did Glenmore 24 I loved running on a loop Um, a lot of people don't but for me I loved it um, so I did a few looped races, I did a couple of track races, I did the Crawley 12-hour, the Crawley 6-hour, I did Edinburgh 24-hour um, race and then, like you, I heard about the Backyard Ultra and yeah, I still blame Bill for that. Um, I blame him and thank him because <laughs> it brought me into that crazy world of backyard racing. Um but it's also a race format that I absolutely love. So, yeah, and then I started doing the sort of longer distance through the backyard. So, yeah, it was really that article where I, I heard about the the Devil of the Highlands and I just thought, let's go and try it and fell in love. Yep.
0: Uh, you say that the Devil was your first ultra, but uh, you said you'd done races before that. What, hmm. what was your first ever race?
1: My first ever race was the Stirling 10K. Um, I worked with a girl who we both went on maternity leave at the same time um, when I had my son Alex and Fiona very sadly passed away from an unknown heart condition. So again, something that I know is very close um, to you. But yeah, Fiona had an unknown heart condition and she died when um, her baby Chloe was only three months old and Alex was only three months old as well at that time, my son. And Fiona's husband reached out to me. Sorry, I still find it a wee bit hard to talk about <laughs> no, that. That wasn't expected. <laughs> um, yeah, Fiona's husband reached out and asked if we would run the 10k for the British Heart Foundation and I had never ran then. So I said, yeah, of course we will. And yeah, that's how it started. So That was my very first race. It wasn't pretty. I think it was like an hour and 15 minutes or something in the 10k. But you know what? We did it and we came together and we raised money for, as you know, what is a great charity. So, yeah, that was the very first race. And then... I wouldn't say that I continued loads with my running from then, but it was the first time that I put on a pair of trainers and attempted to run. Um, and then it took a couple of years after that before I sort of get into the um, the more habit of being what I would call a runner. But yeah, that's where it all started.
0: Uh, you said that, that your first race took an hour and 15-ish. If you did a 10K now, or oh. maybe you have done, uh, what do you think your time would be?
1: I haven't done a ten k for a while, so that's that's a tricky question, but I think I did get my time down to about forty six minutes. I don't know that I could do that now, Mike, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that was my PB at the ten k distance. yep.
0: and wh- what do you think improved you from from your iron fifteen down to forty six?
1: consistency for sure so joining the running club and um, doing the training sessions with them building a bit on speed work and yeah just consistently working away at it and and enjoying it as well you need to enjoy doing something to work hard at it don't you so I think when I started to fall in love with running my commitment to improve was there um, and yeah just through the support of the running club and and doing some speed sessions it brought my time down
0: Uh, Have you got any goals for either, well, the different types of events that you've done, the the types of events you're doing at the moment, what are your your goals?
1: Yeah, I have one main goal um, and I would absolutely love to get on the UK team for the Satellite Championships for the Backyard so i think that's something that both of us would love to achieve and yeah that's definitely up there as my key goal for next year and um, the race will take place in october 2024 but you need to qualify by having run a certain distance um the distance that i've covered already in the backyard probably won't get me on the team so I'm hoping to be able to do another race that will get me enough yards or enough distance to, to get me on that team Um yeah and that's that's a big goal and a big passion of mine to be able to do that so fingers crossed.
0: I think at the moment I'm second on the reserve list and you're third and the only reason why I'm ahead of you is because I, I had won the race and you were the assist so yeah But I don't think that that will qualify either of us because I think there's a whole year to go almost. And I think we'll both get knocked down a little bit. Yeah. And it's becoming really popular.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And the backyards are becoming really popular, you know, and people are going and running further distances, which is great because it just pushes people to go that little bit further, you know, and yeah it'll push me to, to train harder and hopefully go a little bit further as well to get a spot on that team.
0: Yeah, um, leading on from that, the you're obviously, you, you need to do more races or another race, not more, but another race to get into the team. There's obviously races happening all the time. Do you get FOMO, fear of, fear of missing out? When other races are happening
1: i don't tend to get fear of missing out when other races are happening i have my own goals and i focus on them um so yeah that's something that thankfully i i don't suffer with you know like the galsby backyard was on the one that you won a couple of weeks ago and i just loved watching it i loved being able to tune in to all the amazing updates that they had and see what was happening But sitting at home, I didn't have FOMO, you know, because it wasn't my race. It wasn't on my radar. It wasn't my goal. Um, But I love watching other people compete and I love watching other events. But I would only really sort of focus for me on the events that I've entered or the goals that I have um, set in advance. Yeah.
0: Good. Um, When you say you like to uh, follow people, is that people you run with or? like? obviously you were following myself when I was doing it because we were we've been in the Scotland team together for Backyard. Um, it, who who do you normally run with?
1: So I would run with my two friends, um, Debbie and Sharon. So yeah, I would love nothing more than getting out on the hills with the girls and run with them. Um, I've also got a friend, Louise, that I run with through the week. So I do a lot of my sort of harder speed sessions with her. She lives locally, so it's just easy for us to meet up. Um, My husband's a runner too, so we often go out and run together. I love running with Scott. Um, I know a lot of people don't enjoy running with their husband, but we are fortunate that we do. We do have our tantrums on the trails sometimes, mind you. But yeah, um, they're the sort of main people that I would get out and run with. Um, I do a lot of training on my own because I work from home and I just try and sort of slot it around. The boys, I've got two boys, they're sort of grown up now, but they still need you around and you've still got sort of work commitments to train round. So I do find that I do a lot of running on my own, but if possible, if I can get out a run with the girls or Scott, then yeah, I really enjoy that.
0: Uh, you said you'd get out in the hills with Debbie and Sharon. Uh, is hills what you prefer to run in or flat or road, tarmac? What, what's your preferred I actually
1: love both, Mike. I was thinking about that. I love both. I love getting out in the hills at the weekend. You know, for my longer run, I love getting out on the trails or up a hill somewhere with the girls, you know, just like a really lovely, relaxed day out. I love nothing more than that, packing your bag and putting all your snacks in it and just heading out for a good few hours. Um, but through the week, I do l- run a lot on the flat or on the tarmac, which I enjoy as well. So um, I love doing sort of loops. I love racing loops, but I also love training loops as well. So I love doing things like 400 metres as a session. We've got a park close to us. that It's not a track, but it's exactly 400 meters so I love going down there and doing a training session through the week so yeah a bit of both um I just love running so anything that allows me to get out and run then I'm happy there's definitely a smile on my face whether it's hills or flat
0: good and when you are running on your own do you listen to music or podcasts or anything
1: yeah, I do. I listen to both, actually. Um, if it's music, it tends to be... I love the app Sound, cloud. so I love, like, sort of dance music. There's a DJ on there, Alex um, Cruz. I love listening to their music, um, and I love podcasts as well, so I love listening to the Young Hearts Run Free podcast. Um, there's a podcast, Feel Better, Live More, that I love listening to as well. Um, or audiobooks. I just love audiobooks, too. I love learning. So, yeah, I, a long run. If I'm doing a long run on my own and I'm not with the girls or Scott, I'll stick on an audiobook on a good podcast um, and it can let a couple of hours pass easily while you're, you're out running, but also learning at the same time. So, yeah, a good combination of music and podcasts and audiobooks. I also do that when I race. Um, One of my fondest memories, actually, at the Rasselbock backyard through the night is I listened to a book. um, And it was a really funny novel. So I was like proper laughing out loud, like running through the forest on my own through the night, like (laughs) a nutcase. But um, it was a really funny book that I was listening to. And that's something that I would definitely do again, because it gets you through those sort of harder, dark hours through the night, if you've got a good book that you can listen to that lifts your spirits as well.
0: Good, I I find that if I want to run fast I listen to music, if I want to run slow I listen to a podcast. Yeah
1: that's true, yeah very
0: true. Um, If you're not listening to music, or even if you are listening to music, the question that I always get asked is during a, a long run like a backyard or However, a, a long run. What do you think about?
1: food mm, probably. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm going to have to eat when I get back home. <laughs> I love my food, Mike. Um, so if I'm out a run, yeah, I'll probably be planning like my dinner for later on. It's one of the things that the girls and I always talk about in the sort of last half hour of a run. So we'll be like, what are you having for your tea? <laughs> so either food or coming home to a nice bath, the things that I'm going to treat myself to when I get back. Yeah.
0: OK, speaking about food, what do you eat in on a long run or in a backyard?
1: Yeah, um, I was going to say I'm quite lucky because my stomach allows me to eat. But I guess it's not luck. I've trained my stomach the same way that I've trained my legs in the backyard. And I think that's important. You know, I did a lot of my training eating real food so that when it came to race day, I was able to stomach real food. So I can generally get down food, sort of no issues um, during a race. What do I eat? I love Muller rice. Um. I can always get a muller rice down, even if you do get that sort of nausea, which sometimes you get through the night when you're running. Muller um, rice is my go to. So I can definitely stomach them anytime. Um, What else do I love? I love like the wee brioche rolls with cheese in them. So it's a good way to get loads of calories and carbs in as well. Um, Almond Fingers, they're the secret sauce, so they've got about 40 grams of carbs per finger. And I normally take them out with me on the backyard actually, I would take them in like a wee handheld pouch um, and that would be something that I would eat out on the loop because it's just a really easy thing to sort of get down Um, and I would use almond fingers on a training run as well if I was out and had them in my pack, they are something that yeah sits well in my stomach. I normally take loads of food on a backyard and then stick to the same things, you know, like anytime I do one, I think, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to have this pasta and this paella and soup. And then I just go back to my default and I have Miller rice, almond fingers and cheese rolls. And that works
0: well. Oh, I'm afraid I can't steal your almond finger secret because I'm allergic to almonds. Oh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) they are they are really good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's really annoying because I really like almonds, so Uh it just it gives me a migraine. So
1: yeah.
0: Uh, Right. Uh, People will know from your Instagram that you've just had surgery. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, um, I tore my plantar plates. I've got two torn plantar plates in both feet um, and that happened in 2019 so it's been like a long standing injury. I'm very lucky that I have the support from an orthopaedic surgeon. He's sort of one of the top foot surgeons in Scotland Um, and I've had his support since 2019 when the MRI picked up that I had torn my plantar plates. Um, He put me off getting the operation back then um, because it's quite a complex one and he was able to help me manage the injury. So I've managed it well for... What, four years now which has been great and I've done some brilliant races and had some great results over that time so I'm super grateful for his support. Um, but yeah quite recently it got to the stage where the pain from the to plate tear was quite significant so I ran the Highlander as you know with you in July and I had to stop after 25 yards because I was literally in so much pain with my feet Um, it wasn't comfortable at all to continue so I made the decision to stop um, which I wasn't happy about but it had to happen. Um, and then since the Highlander yeah the foot pain had been there And I had cut back my running significantly. But then it got to a stage where, long story short, my toes were basically dislocating out the socket as soon as I put my my foot onto the ball of my foot because there was no soft tissue left to keep them in place. So I went back to Dr. Carter, who's the guy that supported me, and he said, it's time to intervene now, Kaz, let's get you in and get the operation done. I was really lucky that I had medical insurance through my work, so I got seen super quick. Um, I think it was literally seven days later that he he had me in and I got the operation done. So yeah, I've had that done in one foot. Um it was three weeks ago that I had the operation. So the recovery has been great. Um, I had two weeks of complete bed rest, which I thought might have drove me insane. But I managed to cope with it really well, actually. I think acceptance was a huge part of it. You know, just accepting that I had had this injury for a long time. I was so lucky that I was able to run on it for a significant amount of time. And accepting that having the operation will hopefully allow me to get back to running pain free again, which I'm looking forward to. So yeah, the time out of running so far has been okay. Um, I've got pins in my foot at the moment, but they come out on Monday. So when they come out, I'll be able to walk, I'll be able to cycle, which I'm really looking forward to. And I'll be able to sort of increase a bit of my strength training. Um, I'm doing some upper body just now, which has been lovely. But yeah, the return to running is um, gonna be slow. But I'm super confident that I'll get back. And yeah, I'm just basically doing everything that I can in the background just now to make sure that my body heals well. Um, I'm focusing on all the things that I can control. So I'm focusing on my nutrition. I'm focusing on my mindset. I'm focusing on removing alcohol so that I don't have any toxins in my body and I allow it to heal as quickly and as well as it possibly can um, and I'm going to focus on all the types of training that I can do while I can't run so I'll increase my strength work I'll maybe get the abs that I've always dreamed of Mike so we'll see watch this space um, but yeah just accepting that this is the situation that we're in and looking at it as positively as I can and having that goal of October to 2024 there is my real focus. So I just want to do everything that I can in the background that's going to get me back to running again. Yeah.
0: Well, good luck with that. Um, Thank you. Do you normally cross train?
1: I do. Yes. It's something that I started doing a lot more of um, sort of over the last 12 to 18 months. um, I started being coached by a guy called Marcus Smith Um, and he introduced a lot of cross training to um, my routine. So we significantly cut down the amount that I was running, which was great because that did help manage my foot injury um, well and it allowed me to go and do really well at some of the backyard races that I've done. So I ran a lot less and I cross trained a lot more, which was great, yeah. And that's something that I'm definitely going to continue to do. Being a woman of a certain age, um, I have learned that strength strength training is super important. Yep. And I don't need to be out pounding the streets running. There's other things that I can do that will improve my running um, by working on strength as well. So, yeah, I've been doing it for a while now and I'm really grateful for it because it's been been so helpful during this recovery period that I do have strong arms to walk about on crutches and being able to single leg squat onto the toilet was like a big highlight of mine as well. So I was grateful that I had those strong uh, quads that allowed me to do that. (laughs) Uh,
0: doing your single leg squat you said that you had it on both feet are you going to get the same operation on the other foot
1: I'm hoping not to um one foot was worse than the other so we are continuing with all the sort of rehab on the better foot and hopefully it will not get to a stage where it'll need to be intervened and I'll need to have the operation but yeah hopefully not I think it's just because when it happened in both feet at first I was kind of like why has this happened again you know how have I been so unlucky but then Dr Carter was able to explain it to me he was like look lots of runners have issues with their Achilles and that's their thing for you you've never had Achilles issues so for you it's your your planter plate that's the, the weak part of your body. It's not your Achilles, it's not your calf, you know, like other parts of um, the body other runners can struggle with. But for me, it was my plantar plates and that's why they both went as opposed to just happening to one of them. But yeah, we're doing lots to manage the other foot that um, hopefully I won't need to intervene with an operation.
0: Good. Do, you, do you wish that you had the operation earlier or no. was it the right time for it?
1: yeah and you know a couple of people have asked me that or they've sort of alluded to it and they've been like oh do you wish you hadn't ran as much and do you wish you hadn't allowed it to get so bad and no I don't actually I wouldn't trade in anything that I've had over the last four years you know running has brought me so much joy the races that I've done I've absolutely loved um and I trusted his has advised that we shouldn't have had the operation back in 2019 um, and I trust him implicitly now going forward as well to get me back running too so no I have no regrets at all.
0: Good, good. Um, other than what you just talked about have you had any other significant running injuries?
1: Um, I had a stress fracture in my foot, um, when was that? That was about 2018 I think 2017 and it was actually the same foot bizarrely so I've obviously got this sort of one side that's um, weaker but yeah I had a stress fracture in my foot I was in a mobility boot for three months I think Um, and that was just after I went through divorce so it really highlighted to me that mental stress and physical stress can never be separated you know it was like a really stressful time in my life when I went through divorce and I used my running to help me cope with that um but obviously stress comes out your body in some way doesn't it and for me it came out in a stress fracture in my foot so yeah I had some time out of running then and as I say I spent some time in a boot but again I was able to cross train and do lots of things while I was still in the boot so we made it work um but yeah, other than those sort of two fairly significant injuries, then normally day-to-day, as I say, I don't struggle with things. You know, I never struggle with like calf issues or Achilles. And I know that some runners can be plagued with that like all the time. Um, so I am lucky that way that it's just been the sort of two significant one-off sort of setbacks. Yeah.
0: Good. Um, you-, you talked about your recovery from this operation. What about after after I say 100 mile rest, what would your Hmm. recovery involve?
1: Yeah, I always take some really decent time out. Um, For me, that would mean two weeks of no running. I know everybody's different. But for for me, again, maybe being a female of a slightly um, older age now, it just takes me a little bit longer to recover. Um, So I always give myself at least two weeks of no running, no training at all, actually, I think just physically and mentally, you need that, you know, you need that downtime just to not be thinking about training peaks or following a plan or getting up in the morning to get out. So yeah, I would take two weeks of downtime and just really focus on increased sleep and um, that's another thing that this sort of period has taught me is the healing properties of sleep cannot be underlooked you know I'm getting a solid sort of 10 hours at the moment which has just been brilliant um, and it's definitely helping me feel better and it's helping me recover quicker as well so yeah two weeks of lots of sleeping lots of good nutrition and no running at all
0: I I wish that my body would let me sleep for 10 hours (laughs) it's it's not that I'm awoken by anything it's I just can't sleep that long yeah um is there anything that you do not like about running
1: not being able to run (laughs) (laughs) that's the only thing Mike not being able to run the sooner I get back out there the better (laughs) yeah
0: before we get on to the, the the knitting gritty, the actual stuff that we want to talk about, we've been talking for what, about half an hour, but uh, the last question in this section is, do you have a, a bucket list, a dream race, anything that you would want to do?
1: Yeah, that Suffolk backyard for the the World Championships in October twenty twenty four. That is now my bucket list, um, and I actually had a call with Marcus, my coach, yesterday, and I said to him, "If you can get me um, back running and back on that and on that team, I will retire a very happy Kazi. And yeah, I would happily say that I would hang up my ultra flag after that. That is that's most definitely my bucket list. Yeah.
0: I think you've got was it s- six and a half months before the the qualifying race.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: so good luck. Keeping right. everything cross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've still got loads to talk about, but uh, first of all, something that I I take my daughter to every every Sunday is junior park run. You've had a uh, involvement with your your local junior park run. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, we set up Leaving Grove Juniors. um, Gosh, how long ago was that now? We must be coming up for a bit. 15, 16 months now, I think. Um, And I wasn't really involved with park run before that, Mike. I never ran park run as a runner. Um, It just wasn't something that was ever on my radar. I think as ultra runners, we tend to run our long run on a Saturday, don't we? So going to park run is maybe something that we don't do. But um, I guide run with a little girl called Felicity and I took Felicity along to Junior Park Run at Victoria Park up in Glasgow one day and she just absolutely loved it she loved being part of a sort of bigger running event she loved running with other children Um, Felicity's blind so she loved being able to sort of hear people cheer her on when she was running rather than just her and I running on our own she just loved being part of that bigger community um, and we live in Balloch so we're about a 20 minute drive up to Victoria Park and on the drive home she said to me why do we not have one of these where we live, Karen? And I was like, mm, I don't know. And she was like, could we get one? And I was like, I don't know, but let me find out. Um, And that's what the catalyst was. And... Yeah, I reached out to, we had a 5k at Grove Park, which um, it was actually one of my friends is the event director there. So I reached out to Anna and I said, look, I wanna set up a junior park run. How do we go about doing it? Um, And she was an amazing support. So she put all the sort of tools in place to to help me do that. She put me in touch with all the right people. Um, And then we had to raise some money. So you need to raise quite a significant amount of money to set up junior park run just because you have to buy things like a defib so you need to have your own defib that's there all the time and um, you need to pay for equipment and the ability to use Park Run software as well so we started doing the fundraising and we were very fortunate that we got some money from um, the Chris Smith Memorial Fund. So, Chris Smith was a GB trail runner who very tragically died out on the hills on a run one day. Um, And I had got in touch with the Memorial Fund to say, look, we want to set up Junior Park Run. I'd explained about Felicity and they got back in touch literally instantly. And they were like, we would absolutely love to support you. So yeah, they gave us some of the funding that we needed. We got it up and running. And yeah, it's just been amazing ever since. So we have about 50 kids that come along to our junior park run on a Sunday morning. Um, And it ranges from, you know, like we have some kids who go and run the fastest so that they can get the course record. You know, we have some kids that do... Um, park run tourism, you know they go round all the different courses to get like the fastest time on the course with some like really competitive kids which is amazing but then we also have some other kids who walk it with our tail walker, we've got a great girl Lindsay who tail walks for us most weeks and she's just amazing at encouraging the kids to to stay involved um, and even if they can't run, they just walk with Lindsay and they love it. And yeah, it's just it's brilliant to bring kids together and see the joy that running brings to them. So I'm really grateful that Felicity planted that seed um, and it also allows her to run there every week as well. And because she's running on the same course, Because she can't see, um, she can build up her confidence because she knows the course really well now. So she knows every sort of turn around the park and... Her confidence has just grown phenomenally now, like she asks to run on her own instead of, we normally hold a tether, which is like a strap that she holds one end and I hold the other. But when we do Junior Park Run, when she knows that she's coming towards the end, she'll say to me, can I run on my own, Karen? And she just runs down that finish and lit straight on her own, um, which is just amazing to see that she's got the confidence to do that. So yeah, Junior Park Run has brought so much into our life. Um, not just for the kids but also the volunteers you know we've got this amazing volunteer team that come every Sunday and they just love it and I think it's really great for some of our volunteers It, it gets them out it gives them a focus on a Sunday as well you know we all have a good laugh and yeah it's just good for everybody's well-being to be out in the fresh air and encouraging the kids along so it's a brilliant event I love it really glad that we set it up
0: yeah it, you obviously get a lot out of it and so does Felicity and all the other kids mm. um, how do people find out about their local parkrun?
1: So if you go onto the parkrun website it'll give you a list of um, the parkrun nearest to you. so you can just put in your postcode and it'll tell you the one that's closest to you um, and it will come up with a list of all the 5k park runs that take place on a Saturday, but then also the junior park run, which is on a Sunday, which is 2K, which is a distance that suits children better. So any kids between four and 14 can do junior park runs. So yeah, I would just encourage people to go along to Parkrun UK's website and they can find a list of locations there. And if you don't find the location in your area, then you can set one up and um I would be happy to support anybody that would want to do it. So that's a genuine offer if somebody is listening and thinking we don't have one in our area then you can set it up you know we did it i didn't have a clue what to do but we managed to make it happen um and it's brought a huge benefit to the local community and as i say not just the kids but also the adults that come along and volunteer each week as well yeah
0: good right uh my next topic was going to be backyard ultras but We've we've talked about that enough. Yeah. Well, enough. I don't know. Backyard <laughs> Ultras goes on for a long time. Is there anything else that you want to bring up about Backyard Ultras? Um, um, what, I love which the ones latest. have you done?
1: Sorry. Oh, on you which ones have I done? Um, well, the very first one that I did was over in Ireland, Castle Ward, um, and that was as part of Team Scotland with you. So, yeah, Bill Ayres had pulled together a team and... That was when it all sort of started and I went out to Castle Ward and I still remember actually the WhatsApp chat when I had said um, I've got a goal of 24 hours and you like instantly came back and said, You shouldn't have a goal, don't have a goal in the backyard. And I was like, what is he talking about? Yeah, my goal's 24 hours, absolutely. Um, And then what happened at Castle Ward? I got to 24 hours and what did I do? I stopped because I hit my goal. Um, And then I realised that you were absolutely right. You don't want to have a goal in the backyard because whatever you set that limit at, you're going to stop when you get there, aren't you? So yeah, Castle Ward was the first one. Um, We then took part in what was called the Four Nations that year. So there was four events. I did three of them. So I did the one in Ireland. I did the one in England. And then I did the Highlander in Scotland. Um, I've done the Highlander twice. Um, I absolutely love that event. It's a brilliant event. Um, I'm gutted that I won't be there in 2024. My son's a mountain biker. So we're spending the summer in Morzine next year, which obviously I'm really looking forward to. You know, We're going to have two months in Morzine, which will be amazing but First it does problems mean, exactly <laughs> but it means I'm gonna miss out on the Highlander which is a real shame but um yeah I've done those ones and I also did the Rasselbock which was down in Sherwood Pines um I got my PB down at the Rasselbock um it's a lovely course it's a really great event um I was supposed to be doing Rasselbock again in March 2024 um My entry's still in and I'm maybe naively being a little bit hopeful that it might still happen but we'll see. Um, But what I have got an entry for is the Suffolk backyard in June which um, is a more realistic time scale for me to get back running and get down and compete at that one. I've not done the Suffolk course before, I've heard great things about it, so yeah, um, that's what I've done. And then the goal going forward would be to do Suffolk in June, yeah. Uh,
0: a subject related to backyards I guess and I know something that you're really passionate about is the female participation in, mm. in backyards now uh, we'll start off with that what, what...
1: yeah there's um there's a, been a lot of discussion about this recently since the um the Biggs backyard out in Tennessee which took place last month. Um, There was four females out of a field of 75 out at Biggs and I think that really highlighted the small proportion of women that do get to compete at the sort of world championships level. There's a qualifying system where you need to have hit a certain number of yards um, to be able to qualify to get into Biggs and that doesn't distinguish between males and females so you know it just puts everybody on a level playing field and it's the same for qualifying for the UK team like we spoke about so um, I've got 35 yards I got that down at Rasselbach and that's the GB female record at the moment you know it's definitely out there to be taken because there are people that could absolutely run more than 35 yards but having 35 yards and having the, the female record wouldn't entitle me to get a place on the UK team because they don't distinguish between male and female performance. So they sort of argue that everything is fair at the backyard and there's no real difference between male and female because I think a lot of people argue that speed and strength and endurance aren't as important because you just need to get around those four miles in an hour. Um, you know that I strongly disagree with that Mike and I do think that there's a massive difference between male and female performance not just in the backyard but in any ultra or any running event you know we see it we see that men are naturally faster not always um, but on average men will run a, a faster time than females and you'll know as well that in the backyard If you are a faster runner, you do get round in a quicker time, which gives you more time to recover, which is super important. So I don't think that males and females compete on a level playing field. Um, And it's not just about the speed and endurance. It's all the other barriers that females have as well. You know, there's a biological difference, there's a hormonal difference. We have different sized hearts, lungs. You know, there's lots of differences between males and females. And. That's why we don't see a high proportion of female runners competing at the national level because they're having to fight for their place against a male performance and a female and a male performance are not equal in any running event and they're not equal in the backyard either. Yeah. I don't think it will change and I respect that it won't change because it's Lazzi's race and that's his rules. Um, I did write to him about it Um, and he wrote back to me and yeah I don't expect the rules to change and he gave his reasonings behind why they won't which I totally respect as well but I'm going to make a choice to just get back out there, work a bit harder, go a bit longer and hopefully get at least one female on that UK team in 2024 because the last time it was 15 males that were on the team and I would love to see at least one female out there on the team so yeah and if it's not me maybe I can encourage somebody else to get out there and do it too yeah
0: well as much as I hope that you will be on the team I'll I'll be doing my best to get my name up there so that might knock you down so I'm not sorry about that (laughs)
1: We're going to go head to head, Mike.
0: (laughs) Right. uh, The femaleness of backyards, uh, that leads us on to your new venture, um, Wild Heart Runners. Do you Mm. want to tell us what that is?
1: Yeah, Wild Heart Runners um, is not just for females, is the first thing I would like to say. So we did do a podcast recently where we, we very much spoke about The barriers that female runners um, have, and we focused on um, hormones and safety and different barriers that female runners have to get out and run but Wild Heart Runners is for males and females you know we're coaching both at the moment so it's my friend Debbie and I that set it up and it's a coaching and community business so yes we have coaching clients that we are working with to help them prepare for races and we have female coaching clients where we are approaching it slightly differently where we're starting to do things like tracking their cycles on training Peaks understanding their hormones and how that impacts on training but we also have like amazing male clients that we're working with too so it's not just limited to females um I normally wouldn't mention any clients but I know that Martin's gone out himself and said that I'm coaching him you know and Martin heggy's an amazing runner so we are completely stoked to have him as part of Wild Heart Runners as well and we have some other amazing male runners who we're coaching too Um, but yeah it's basically a coaching business but also community based and Debbie and I are obviously limited as to how many coaching clients we can take on because it's a bespoke um, coaching plan so it's one-to-one so it takes up time but we are launching a community where we are hoping to empower people to get together and run as a group. And as part of that community, we will have a focus on female runners as well, where we're hoping to overcome some of the barriers, like a lot of female runners don't like to run on their own. So let's run as a group. You know, we were just about to organize our first group run on the 16th of December. Um, and again, that's not just for female runners, it's for female and male runners to come together as a group, but it's to also provide that sort of safe safety, security, and confidence to female runners that maybe don't want to run on their own. Because one of the things that we found from working with some of the female athletes is that they don't feel comfortable running on a trail themselves um, not even just in the dark but during the day as well you know and that limits their ability to train because they stick to road running like what I used to like we spoke about that years ago I would only run in the road until I pulled up my big girl pants and went out onto the trail and then realized it was okay and um, and if we can empower other women to do that um, that's the purpose of the group runs you know and we've had some really lovely messages from guys as well who've Got in touch with us and said look we'd be happy to to lead a group run I'd be happy to come with you if there's like females that maybe don't want to run, run in their own in the dark up the local hills I'd be happy to lead a group run for you, Kaz. And it's just great that we're able to reach out to to females and to males as well to support the community side of the business. So, yeah, we literally just launched last Friday and we've been completely inundated with lovely messages of support and encouragement. And, yeah, we're excited to see where it goes. Mm-hmm.
0: So how, how, how does somebody find out about... Uh... Like get more info on Wild Heart Runners.
1: Yeah, so probably the best place just now is social media. So we've got an Instagram page, which is um at Wild Heart Runners, and we also have a Facebook group, Wild Heart Runners, as well. So any information on sort of future events or runs that we'll be doing will be posted on our social media. So that's the best place to get in touch with us.
0: And do you 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 said that you and Debbie are limited because there's only the two of you coaching Mm. at the moment at the moment um are, are you open to new clients or
1: yeah we're still a- we've still got a few spaces left um i've taken one day a week away from work so i've devoted one day a week to the business now which is great and um, so we still do have a few spaces left Um, who knows what will happen in the future Mike you know I mean I do have a great job but if I had the opportunity to do what I love on a full-time basis that would be the dream right so yeah we're we're hoping it'll grow yeah (laughs) we're hoping it'll grow
0: good um what can either myself as a male runner, what can mm. I do to encourage uh, female participation?
1: And just overall in, or
0: in running, in yeah. racing, in backyards, in yeah. in anything?
1: So I think it, there's lots that can be done from the sort of race director level right down to the individual runner level. Um, Anybody that's involved in organizing events or has a say in organizing events, then what I would encourage is there's a brilliant um group called She Races. So again, you can get access to them on Instagram or their website. And She Races have compiled a great set of guidelines on how we can encourage female runners into events and into races. So, you know, just things like having female toilets at an event and um, maybe considering cut off times to make sure that they're fair enough for female runners. You know, there's a whole list of things that can be done to encourage female um, runners into events and um, even just go down to simple things like maybe the photograph that somebody uses when they promote their race. You know, not to just have it a start line with all these men up the front, you know, make females feel welcome and um, make them feel Feel that they can be part of the event as well. So yeah, I would strongly recommend that anybody that hasn't looked at she races would um, have a look at their website because they've done a lot of research into it, um, and they've come up with some really good guidelines as well. Yeah,
0: some of the races like the gosby One and the Highlander, they they've got the things that you mentioned like female mm. toilets, and I, I don't know what else they're doing, but. I don't know whether they're consciously doing it, or like, have they went to the she races website and said we're doing these things, or whether they're just doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you think it would make a difference if race directors promoted the fact that they are consciously doing things to encourage females, or do you think <laughs> they should just do them anyway?
1: I think it's a bit of both. I think if they can promote it and people are aware of it, then great. You know, like I've seen that at the Galsby backyard that they had a, like a tail runner, didn't they, at night time? I'm sure I've yeah. seen that, that somebody. They did. So a lot of the backyards don't have that, Mike. And that's something that they recommend in she races. Um They had it at Rasselbock backyard. And because I got down to the sort of last two, so it was me and another guy that were running at the end. And for me, knowing that there was something someone on a bike behind me in the dark at night time when I was predominantly out on that trail myself was really reassuring. You know, I took a lot of comfort from that. Um, And I think a lot of female runners would. So, yeah, I would strongly encourage people to look at those guidelines, take them on board. And if you're doing it, absolutely shout about it. Yeah, because I did see that at Galsby, And when I was watching the social media updates, I had a big smile on my face when I seen that there was there was a tail runner at the back. So, yeah, huge kudos to Nikki and Ian for we're doing that and taking that on board because it's not in place at, at every race but it does make a big difference yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, as i say, I, I don't know whether they were consciously doing it but mm-hmm. if they weren't well done to them for absolutely
1: doing it. yeah i noticed it straight away yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah um right to, to wrap it up getting back to grassroots parkrun and linking mm-hmm. that what can park run do to encourage female participation At Parkrun.
1: Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know the stats (laughs) of Parkrun but I think there are a lot of um, female runners that go along to Parkrun. My younger sister has just started Parkrun so she wasn't ever a runner and I think Parkrun have got it spot on when they introduced the ability to walk which I know caused a lot of Um, sort of controversy with runners because they were like it's park run it's not park walk but I think giving people the option to walk to allow them to start because I've seen that with my younger sister she went along and she would just walk and now she's running and she's so competitive with her time you know she texts me every Saturday as soon as the results are out and she just loves to see her time going down So I think Parkrun have actually done really well at encouraging females into, and not just females to walk, you know, like males that maybe want to start um, running as well, giving them that ability to just go along to an organised event with no pressure and then walk and then just build up to a run eventually. So, yeah, I think they've got it. They've done well with it for sure. Um, How would they increase more females? I think the group side of it really works well. So again, I think that's why parkrun is a success. You know, like females thrive on connection. You know, like when you said to me, who do I love to run with? I'm like, well, my two best friends, Debbie and Sharon, I love nothing more than being out with them. Um, we love to have a good moan at each other. We all love to have a good laugh. You know, we totally thrive on connection. So I think anything that can organise a group event, um, and that's what we're so passionate about at Wild Heart Runners as well, you know, let's bring people together, let them thrive on their oxytocin hormone, you know, the one that thrives on connection. Um, And through that, we can make people a little bit braver. Um, One of Debbie and I's key objectives is to create more badass women out there. So yeah, let's bring people together and make them badass. Yeah
0: well best of luck with your your new adventure your thank you trying to knock me off the team that i'm not on oh yet. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think we'll call it a wrap there and thank you karen thank you everybody for watching and see you next time
1: thank you bye <laughs>